You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. So the JSC managing to finish a slightly higher today, a 0.1% gain. It's a gain nonetheless, so we'll take it with the All Share Index at 79,858 points. All the major uh, indexes, uh, indices, were in the positive today, slightly, slightly so, but nonetheless, they were positive. Uh, aside from resource companies, a few mining companies coming under pressure in today's session, uh, probably limiting uh, any bigger gains from uh, happening. Chantal Marks, the head of research at uh, FNB Wealth and Investments, joins us uh, for uh, more on what moved markets. And it was supposed to be U.S. inflation numbers. Was it? Because it didn't look like it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you saw that little spike um spike or leg downwards after the release um but then the market recovered actually quite nicely into the close and i had a i had a quick look at the the graph for the the s p and at its open which was kind of just after that release you actually saw it pop up quite nicely but it has since retreated so i think we may have kind of missed the negative impact of that cpi print because I think when the market first looked at it, they were like, oh, yeah, it missed. It's a bit higher than expected. But oh, is it that much higher than expected? Mm. Um, but I think given the strength of the U.S. labor market, perhaps just a little bit higher than expected would be enough to to see uh, the Fed become a little bit more hawkish again. And so what does that mean? Because after the January, um, their January meeting, they call it the, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, isn't it? The FOMC. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After that meeting where they decide on interest rates, I heard a lot of analysts and commentators talking about the fact that uh, either that was the last interest rate increase for the year coming from the Fed or the next one coming up in March. But most people thought comfortably that, you know, we were going to get a 25 basis point increase in January. And some were saying even in March, but March is cut off date. So now you've got these inflation numbers that have come out. They... Yes, it showed inflation slowed, but it didn't slow as much as was expected. And you compare it to the jobs numbers that uh, was released at the start of the month that showed a really resilient and vibrant and very strong labor market. What Does that change your expectations of how hawkish or how seriously focused on inflation through higher interest rates the Federal Reserve becomes from here on? So, I mean, I thought that the, the the Fed would have been a little bit more serious even at the January meeting. And, and I actually interpreted the comments as not, them not being not serious about this, mm-hmm. um, but the market kind of reacted otherwise. And to give you an idea of just how confused everything is at the moment, um, the, the, the futures market is now 50-50 on whether or not there's going to be a hike in March. Sure. Um, and I think that that's what is really baffling analysts at the moment. Because on the one hand, you have this really strong jobs market and you have inflation still quite sticky and quite elevated. It's not near the 2% mark that the Fed wants. Um, and then on the other hand, you have, I don't know, like this inflation talk that the inflation trajectory is coming down there's still the risk of that recession coming through activity doesn't always look great so it's a very difficult one to call right now and i think that given that markets should not be as buoyant as it is 
So markets can struggle for direction, uh, but you really should not have the, the fear and greed index at almost extreme greed levels. And by that, I mean that the market is actually not even discounting the fundamentals right now. It's just blind hope and optimism. Mm. Who do you believe? Because that's the conversation, isn't it? Is to say whether you believe what the Fed is telling you verbatim or what you believe what the market is pricing and expecting. Which camp are you on? so I'm in the camp where the, where I believe right now what the Fed is telling me, that inflation is something that is still an issue, even though it is coming down. Data will dictate their decision. The data says that there can still be an interest rate hike without killing the economy. Um, and given where inflation is at the moment, my sense is that that hike will probably come. But it, it, is, it is so fluid at the moment. Um, the only thing that I can hang my hat on is that the market looks like it's run too hard in January. Um, it's continued to look quite buoyant in February, given those returns that we saw in January and given that we are still in a situation where inflation is at six and a half percent in the US. Um, that I can that I can that I feel quite confident in what the actual what the Fed actually does and what they say, um, I think, is a little bit more difficult to call. All this confusion has created a thirst in me for a drink. In fact, I think this conversation <laughs> would be great over a drink. And except results from SPA, the trading update from SPA today, showing us that uh, consumers are not flocking to their top stores as much as they did in the pandemic. And I'd like your take on SPA overall. But also, I mean, if we're not buying alcoholic drinks and non-alcoholic drinks from SPA, where are we going? Uh, we're going to check his liquor. Um, oh. is, that, is, that where the, is that where the Barkins are? <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at what, what, what ShopRite said, well, I think the, the, the selection, of course, is fantastic. But I mean, Checkers prides itself on its wine, wine, wine and cheese selection. But it does seem as if liquor sales have taken a step, a step up um, at, at your Checkers retailer. Now, I don't know if that's a function of 60-60 continuing to ramp up quite nicely or just the, the Checkers offering generally having improved to such an extent that people are um, choosing it uh, as opposed to a Woolies food or on top of a Woolies food rather than going to their local spa and visiting their tops. Because this is ultimately a convenience story, right? You go to the tops because you've just been to to Checkers, uh, to shop, to spa. Sure. You go to the Checkers liquor because you've just gone to Checkers. Sure. So if Checkers is gaining market share, it's only natural for Checkers Liquor to gain market share as well. Um, that said, I mean, the the tops, the tops numbers, they don't look great. Um, kind of if, if you if you compare it to the, the last year, just because that change was so big in the last year. So if you look at the same 18 week period to to the 29th of January 2022, liquor sales were up by 55.8%. So you had people flocking back to liquor stores after um, after the lockdowns ended or the liquor restrictions ended. Um, and perhaps there's just a little bit of a, a normalization around that. Okay. But all the other news, though, uh, around SPA of late, I mean, I'm just reading a uh, story on the Business Days website right now, just reflecting on the fallout that SPA did have with uh, 14 retailers, its uh, franchise 
Z's, one of 14 of its franchisees of a, a, a financial failure at their stores. There was allegations that, I mean, it wasn't a transparent process in in the um the allocation of these uh, stores in terms of their performance and how 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 they were doing, and there was a um, allegations of of uh, dis, d- a disadvantage in information, particularly to uh, some of the uh, black retailers. So we had that hanging over a spa as a kind of dark cloud, and then the drama in their boardroom that uh, resulted in their CEO, uh, the chairman, chairman CEO something like that, leaving, um, and the, the new CEO, basically just a lot, just a lot, Chantal. So you look at a counter like Spa, <laughs> and you look at all the, uh, outside, the, 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 the outside noise, and you look at the uh, buying activity and how consumers, South African consumers are relating to it. How does that stack up in terms of it being something you put in your portfolio? So it's a very difficult one. It's a lot easier to answer what to do when it's already in your portfolio. <laughs> okay. 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 But I think I think what we what we have at the moment at Spa is a situation where there's been boardroom drama. Um, there's been questions around the the independence of directors. I mean that the CEO, the ex CEO, being the chairman, and I mean all of that is just uh, it's it's not great from a corporate governance perspective. I think that the the board has recognized this and that is why they made the changes that they made. Um, the retailer has assured us time and time again that this is an isolated incident. Of course, as South Africans, we have, we have total PTSD when it comes to isolated corporate governance incidents. Sure. So um, I think that, that <clears throat> investors are still a little bit, they're still a little bit uh, cautious when it comes to, to SPA. Um, that said, I think that the the underlying operations do have um, potential. So this is still an extremely big uh, wholesaler, uh, servicing an extremely large retail footprint, and they do, they do have something that the others don't have in that their retailer footprint is kind of in that that hard convenience um, category. So it's usually the closest. Um, it's usually the closest retailer to to people's houses. Um, you have retailers, that spa retailers, really setting up their shops to um, to look different to anything else that you find out there in the market. And as a wholesaler, I think that they really know their business. Um, you also have the potential for them to to turn that Poland business around and to continue with the turnaround in Switzerland, which they did successfully in Ireland, uh, where which is a business that is contributing quite nicely uh, to their to their top line and bottom line currently. So there's a lot to like in terms of the potential. I just think that the that investors that are on the sidelines at the moment will probably stay there for a while and see how all of this pans out because a lot needs to happen before it can be regarded as a quality core portfolio holding again, mm-hmm. which was the case prior to them going off to Switzerland, prior to them going into Poland, and I guess prior to the kind of delivery and, um, well, the, the, the day, day same-day delivery kind of model that has really elevated some of the other retailers um, and checkers and ShopRite generally just doing an excellent job of stealing market share. So there's something there. Um, it's just difficult to say um, when all of that will actually result in it being rated at a level where its peers are being rated at currently. Okay, so hang ten on hang ten on spa right now. A quick one, a quick take, uh, Chantal Telcom. 
Yeah, very interesting. So a pretty soft update from them. That's a trading update to the 18 weeks to 28 January. So, I mean, all the trends that, that, that have been taking place within this business persisting kind of fixed line continuing to, to come under pressure. Sorry, I was actually looking at the, at the wrong headline. Yeah. It's the quarter ended 31 December, the trading sure. update. So all the stuff that's, that's the trends that have been persisting have continued. So they continue to gain market share in mobile. Mobile revenue has been growing quite nicely. Um, that legacy fixed line business continues to come under pressure. They, they're putting in a big effort, and I think that that's why the share price reacted so so positively, to, to really separate out their businesses. And the reason why they're doing that is to actually start realizing value from some of these businesses. So OpenServe is basically operating on its own. Um, that is kind of the, the fiber and fixed line business with the fixed line business kind of being in, in decline. SwiftNet, which is a thousand masts, also operating completely on its own. Um, and, and I think that they are going to, they, they really, in this, they're in serious discussions in terms of finding sellers or investors for those businesses so that they don't take on the risk of those businesses on their own and that it's easier for the market to actually value telecom, which I think management believes is an undervalued company at the moment. So a lot of interesting things happening there. They're also going to they're also going to cut a substantial part of their workforce, unfortunately, from a SA economy perspective, but probably good from a from profitability and and bottom line perspective. So, yeah, I mean, things happening there, but with telecom, Yo, they've broken my heart many times um, <laughs> and, and I'm scared to be too positive, but this is certainly something to, to watch and to keep your eye on um, as they go through this process. Yeah. And uh, even jokes aside and playing on the pun, though, they stand to break quite a number of hearts. Uh, as you said, 15% of the workforce, <laughs> a number of, a lot of people on Twitter are telling me that's over 1,500 or 1,600 jobs. Um, heartbroken as a result of all those changes that unfortunately means that they will have to pack their bags and go. But Chantal, we'll leave it there for now. Thanks so much for your time. Chantal Marks, Head of Research at F&B Wealth and Investments. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.